Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. EAM Elgin. K270CO Round Rock. 1260 AM and 101.9 FM. Download the horn app. Yes, the horn. Let's go. Where Austin talks sports. Hook em up with E and Rod B. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am. Let's get it. You had better wake them up. Get them up. Get them going. Cooler temperatures are on the horizon and... The 119th meeting of Texas and Oklahoma on the horizon as well. A battle of unbeatens coming up the Cotton Bowl on Saturday. Safe to say we have a lot to talk about to get you ready for 5-0 Texas, 5-0 Oklahoma for the final time as members of the Big 12 Conference. Uh, all of the insights and details drill down as we get ready for that big game at the Cotton Bowl. College game day is coming. Certainly we will uh, have our uh, celebrations, getting ready for that game, and really, it's all about the game, the big game that uh, can put the Longhorns in a really good spot headed into their bye week. We'll talk about it. Steve Sarkeesian met the media yesterday, his weekly Monday availability. We'll talk about his thoughts on the Kansas game, and now looking forward uh, to the Red River rivals there coming up. Also, Monday Night Football wrapped up another week of the NFL, and that was either a breakout performance of the Seattle offense, or defense, I should say, a new legion of boom, or just another dreadful performance by the New York Giants and their offense. We will talk about that and uh, all the goings-on in the National Football League. Uh, Longhorns have a big win this weekend. Cowboys face the 49ers on Sunday. That'll be a lot of fun Sunday afternoon out in San Fran. So we'll dive into the uh, NFL conversations, power rankings, and such. Baseball playoffs start today. Quadruple header, wild card action, including the Rangers, who are in action. We will preview that, uh, obviously, and continue to recap what's coming. It's going to be a busy Tuesday. Five hours of tremendous conversation begins right now. That's right, five hours a day, five days a week. Here on Hook 'em Up with Rod B, Austin's Ian Rod B, Austin's only local morning sports conversation starts right now. We appreciate you being there. Wherever you find us on 1019, could be AM 1260. Also on our digital horn app, just download it to your phone, and uh, you've got us at the touch of a button wherever you are throughout Austin, throughout Texas, and all over the world. Also on our website at hornfm.com, you can actually watch the show there on our Twitch channel. And speaking of watching, you can always watch it at our YouTube page, at your YouTube channel. As I've been taught, we need to say it is at the Horn Austin on YouTube. And look who it is across the uh, desk. He is our shutdown corner, holding down his side of the show five hours a day, five days a week at a very high level. Also a proud new papa. He is the football theorist. He is Blackstradamus. Played in the Texas OU game four times. He is our man Rod Babers. What's up, RB? I appreciate the intro, brother. And yes, it is 6:02, and OU still sucks. Indeed. No matter what time it is, OU's going to suck. We know that. Four times you played that game. Four times. Only got one dub, though. One dub. Oh, man. It hurts. They barely got that one, actually. Remember, that was the Mike Leach. 
uh, just dummy script game. Oh, that's right. That was the Mike Lee. Nothing Lee. Oh yeah, man. That was the Mike Lee. We fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Everybody did. Uh, I think it was. I believe it was Oscar Giles and Tom Herman who were the like uh, like the GAs basically that found the script. That Mike took Leach it up. had left, and you guys yeah. all thought that oh, was the that playbook. Oh, that Mike Lee walked around, casually walked by a sideline, and just dropped it out of his back pocket. Like, oh yeah, yeah. And then hey, they found it, took it up to Carl Boris, and yeah. Texas fell for it, but ended up making a comeback, dramatic comeback, double-digit comeback, won the game. So I thought to myself, man, this is what Texas OU is going to be like. This is awesome. Uh, next year, Oklahoma blew us out and won a national title in the same year. They so, did, yeah. yeah, that yeah. Was, uh, so that Bob was first year, we made them feel, we, we, you know, we, we, we got the best of them, but the second year, Bob Stoops, and then from that point on, got the best of us. And so. as we talked about, that, uh, that 1999 game with, oh. with Mac Brown and uh, Bob Stoops, Mike Leach, of course, wasn't there long. He went off to Texas Tech pretty soon mm-hmm. after that yep. to run the program, but he was a great oh, assistant man. at the time. And that, that 98 Chase, in the yeah. 99 game really began the 10-year war of, of Bob Stoops v. Mac Brown, right? Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> Ten years of just... Chase the coach of the Big 12. It basically terraformed the Big 12. Because like you said, even Mike Leach went to Tech, and then his offense spread throughout the, right. the conference, and Oklahoma won the national title, essentially running that offense. Because was it was a Mangino? Yeah, yeah, Mangino, Mangino was also on that right? staff. No, that first staff of Bob Stoops was a great staff. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, I mean, Mangino yes, turned out to be too big of a bully, apparently, at Kansas, and he, but he did take Kansas to the and Orange Bowl. I was going to say, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they ch- I mean, it really did. It changed the Big 12. because, And I will say this, it brought the best in Mac Brown. I would say Batman needs a joker. And that was he. He was Bob Stoops was Mac Brown's Joker. <laughs> he brought out the best that he, he 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 ridiculed them and he beat them and beat up on them in that Texas OU game for for a while until Max just couldn't take it anymore. And then Max Max teams essentially the reason of those O four O five and hell even O four team lost the O five those teams O five basically through O nine those Texas teams were so stout and so formidable. Honestly, it's because they were Bob Stoops proof. He was a straight face. Matt was trying to make what that team could beat. Because you know if he could beat Oklahoma in that rivalry year after year because of what it had become and the magnitude of it, you were in a national title discussion. Well, and I think, I mean, I don't think he's down at the beginning. Bob Stoops, <laughs> who came in as kind of the you know, oh. brash young oh. coach. And he, he really did think Mac Brown's teams and Mac Brown was soft, right? They could, mm-hmm. they could be more physical. He called and Called him out all the no, time. No, no, called me out. Sorry, I called you out. You're like, I wasn't on no team. No, called us out. I apologize. Sorry, well, sorry Mac. Well, look, and, <laughs> the uh, media guy coming out here. He called us out. But you're right. I mean, but I think that's what turned Mac Brown into a great. He brought up the best in him. Yeah. The great Hall of Fame. If, he, if not, Mac Brown would have been fired, and then he'd have, you know, he'd, he'd have been, you know, a lesser coach if he wouldn't have risen to the occasion. He did, and that's what this game calls for. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Greatness. To rise to the occasion. That's right. That's what it's about. Well, look, I mean, uh, and this is what Steve Sarkeesian is working to, to change right here at Texas, right? Because it's not, you know, too far in the past where Texas's current program has been called soft and not physical enough and not tough enough. Um, you know, when Gary Patterson was at TCU, that was always a mantra there. And oh, um, oh, Mike Gundy, Mike Gundy, Mike Gundy, Iowa State, Iowa State. Oh, come yeah. on, man. everybody, K State, everybody's got a jab at that. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, the five-star culture, right? The Country yeah. Club of Texas, and mm-hmm. uh, even Tech tried to 
Even Tech tried to get in on Joe that. McGuire. Everybody's trying to take a jab at Texas, well, whether they saw whether they're going to wear it down, that kind of stuff. Stark, That's what this uh, game is about. Working to change that. Yeah. And it uh, looks like they're on their way. We'll uh, real quick, let me, uh, let me throw that. Shout out to those who uh, serve. So we should do it every morning, uh, even though we get distracted, like we just did. Uh, but those who serve, whether it be country, God, our community, we appreciate you in all the many forms. We know it's an honor and also a burden. Our society built on the selflessness of service. So all those in any capacity, uh, soldiers, first responders, teachers, nurses, uh, waste management, uh, everybody out there, we really appreciate you. Plenty of ways to serve in our community. We yep. thank those who do, including our producer this morning, our man hey. Cole Dixon is in the house. Ty Henderson under the weather. We're hoping, monitoring him. Hope it's not... Uh, it looks like a little, just a little bug that he's dealing I hope, with. So I hope it's just a little bug. I did man. talk to him yesterday. He said he slept the afternoon away and just wasn't feeling good. He so. probably just needed some sleep. Sleep. Well, he said he slept all day Sunday. I think he might think he'd be dehydrated. They tested for COVID, so we'll get an update on that. Fortunately, we stayed away from him yesterday. But uh, Cole Dixon is here, and he'll do a great job. Yes, and you sir. said distracted. Listen, I've been doing this show since Mac Brown became the coach of Texas, or a show <laughs> in the morning in Austin. The week of Texas OU, any Texas OU talk is anything but a distraction. It's the conversation of the town. It's the conversation of the state. It is the conversation. Speaking of that, let's get to the headlines to launch our conversations on this Tuesday morning. Top Gun Rentals and Lot Equipment bring it to you. Start with Texas football and your accolades for a pair of Longhorns yesterday. Running back Jonathan Brooks named the Big 12's Offensive Player of the Week by the conference. While A.D. Mitchell, the wide receiver, named the conference's Newcomer of the Week. Brooks rushed for a career-high 218 yards, two touchdowns, and the Longhorns 40-14 win over 24th-ranked Kansas on Saturday. Sophomore from Hallettsville currently leads the Big 12 in rushing yards with nearly 600. Also leads the conference in yards per carry and yards per game. Mitchell, meanwhile, caught a career-high 10 passes for 141 yards and a touchdown. He's transferred in from Georgia and has had a huge impact on that Texas offense. Injury front for Texas now five days out to the game with uh, Oklahoma. Both Jatavion Sanders and Ryan Watts left Saturday's game with leg injuries. Yesterday, Coach Sark said both starters listed as day-to-day. They will receive treatment throughout the week, be monitored. Coach Sark said he'd probably have a better idea for their availability after practice on Thursday. Both are hoping to be available for the 119th meeting of Texas and Oklahoma. Battle of Unbeatens coming up to Cotton Bowl. Saturday at 11 a.m. NFL, as we said, either a breakout performance on Monday Night Football for the Seattle Seahawks defense or it's just the New York Giants and their dreadful offense. Seattle pummeled the hapless Giants 24-3 to last night. They sacked New York quarterback Daniel Jones 11 times. Rookie cornerback Devon Weatherspoon had two of those off the corner. He also a uh, fifth overall pick in last April's draft returned an interception, 97 yards for a touchdown to seal the deal in the third quarter. Seattle now 3-1. and G-Men, Giants are 1-3. and They've scored six total points in two home games so far this year. And they have games coming up at Miami and at Buffalo over the next two weeks. Dallas Cowboys off to a 3-1 start. They face a major measuring stick game this Sunday afternoon. They face the uh, unbeaten 49ers out in San Francisco. Several Dallas starters nursing injuries headed into the matchup, including all pros Micah Parsons and Zach Martin. Parsons dealing with a knee-slash-ankle injury. Expected to be a full go at practice those starting tomorrow. Martin is nursing a bruised quadricep. Good news on starting left tackle Tyron Smith. Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy said Smith is doing much better with that knee injury that has sidelined him the last two games. He should be good to go Sunday against the Niners. Major League Baseball and the playoffs begin today including the Texas Rangers, part of a quadruple header of action. Uh, Rangers, the first game of the day at 2.08 today. You'll hear it right here on the horn, starting at 1.30 with the pregame. Rangers at the Rays. Tampa Rays, the top uh, the number two seed. That'll be a, a 2.08 first pitch. Jordan Montgomery and Tyler Glass now, the hard-throwing right-hander. Also today, the Blue Jays and Twins in game one. Tonight, Diamondbacks and Brewers and Marlins and Phillies to wrap things up this evening. 
Horror headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month. Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right, it's official. The New York Giants, they are a dumpster fire. Oh, no. We suck again. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a stat. This is, this, is a, this is one that is a sad one, if you're a Giants fan anyway. Giants are the second team since 1940 to be outscored by at least 75 points and have zero takeaways in any four-game span. The other was the 2011 Colts. They finished 2-14. Two, two I mean, uh, we're talking about the NFL's <laughs> coach of the year, right? Brian Dayball. Hey, there's so much you can do. His team looks like a, uh, mm. you know, if not for a miracle comeback in the fourth quarter against the Cardinals, it'd be 0-4. They've, they've been dreadful in the first half this year in all four games. Like, dreadful. Cowboys beat them 40 to whatever, 40 to nothing week one. Yeah. Is that right? The, yeah. Um, was last night, 24-3 to and 11 sacks later. Their offensive line can't block. No Saquon Barkley. He was out with the injury in this game, and they've got no weapons. It's bad. I mean, it's really bad. And as I mentioned in headlines, they go to they go to Miami this week. They're going to get crushed by the Dolphins. <laughs> then they go to Buffalo. They're going to get crushed by the Bills, and they're going to be one and five. So they're tanking for this this quarterback class now. I guess Is it official. I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams looks like entering that fray uh, for the quarterback class. Mm. But yeah, that's just that's the second time we've been treated to the Giants on. Monday Night Football. And they keep putting them over or, prime, or prime time. It's like, oh, gosh. But both are New York teams. The Jets do. But well, at least Jets the Jets have a good game. game. Yeah, that's true. Well, Jets you got Taylor Swift. Defense, and, they keep you competitive. At least we had some good, compelling yeah. you know, storylines in that game. Good and actually, Zach Wilson played well. And, you know, that was his best game ever. Best game ever. <laughs> and Zach Wilson. Trying to impress Taylor, you know. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you're a cornerback by trade. How about this uh, rookie, Devon Weatherspoon? He's out of Illinois. He was the fifth yeah, pick in the draft. Top corner on the board. And he showed why. I really like what Pete Carroll's doing there uh, in Seattle. I mean, that, that's that's the story that uh, you know the NFC needs to look at. Because remember, they made the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Geno Smith. We talked yesterday when we both picked the Seattle Seahawks to win this game and cover the line. And um, you know, they're, they they lost their first game of the year. They kind of I think they took the LA Rams a little lightly. And I think we division did. game. Yeah. I think everybody did. Yeah, we all and did. they were at home. I think they just thought they'd win that game with because remember Cooper Cup wasn't playing mm-hmm. and uh, nobody knew about. Nakua, Puka, Puka Nakua. Nobody Puka. knew who this Puka Nakua guy Puka was. Nakua. And they came into Seattle and beat him. But they, the Seahawks <laughs> haven't lost since. They've won at Detroit now, at the Giants. I mean, they're 3-1. and one, And now they have a bye week. They've had this really early bye week. But I think Pete Carroll's team is one to watch. I mean, and I, I'm with you with that new rookie now, Devon Weatherspoon. Yep. They may have one of the best secondaries in the league now. Yeah, I mean, they, they, touch. they got the Tariq Woolen kid. They got from from the UTSA, UTSA, who was really good. He'll uh, still got Quandre Diggs up there balling out. They got they got a really good secondary. Well, and they've had two really good drafts. In they a row. draft so well. You're right, man. They draft. They, uh, real quick, the rookie though his his uh, game last night. Talk about breakout performance. Seven tackles, two tackles for loss, uh, two sacks, <laughs> uh, four quarterback pressures, three quarterback hits, and a pick six. Well, that's why he was the top DB on the board. He's wow. the smallest guy out of Illinois. But listen, Roddy, last night normally he's the outside corner, but uh, Jamal Adams continues to be injured. They're safety, so they dropped him down into the nickel. First he's time. never played nickel. He just and he natural. like a natural to it, and all of a sudden he's a ball hawk. And um, if you're listening to the comments after Ryan Clark on ESPN's, like, well, you can't you can't put him back outside. He's got to stay there. That guy's too good. That guy's well, yeah. too impactful, too instinctual. He had to pick six, two sacks. Just living in the backfield, coming off the edge, supporting the run. That's a really good player. And, of course, they also, in the first round, the Seahawks drafted 
uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba mm. out of Ohio State to go with that receiving core and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I know that's a sleepy, that's a sleeper right there. And man. they got two good running backs yeah. in Ken Walker and uh, Zach Charbonneau, uh, the kid out of UCLA who they also drafted this year. Yeah, Seattle's a, a sneaky good team. Now they're not the 49ers, but who are, who are right? I mean, the 49ers yeah, are going to play the Cowboys class all together. Yeah, we'll see how and, close the Cowboys are. And it does feel. I mean, the Cowboys have had three mm. blitzkrieg dominant wins, and then the one lame performance at San Francisco. But we still list them in with San, with you know Philadelphia and, and San Francisco are the only two undefeated teams right now, uh, both at four and zero. So yeah, NFC. There's clear separation, but obviously that next class is probably led by Seattle, followed by Detroit, or you can pick pick your poison there, Detroit and. But with Detroit and Seattle, there's both. There's a lot of substance for both teams. They're both I agree. pretty they're good well young teams. Yeah, well built. I mean, well, good they, young talent. The teams draft. They they're built well around the draft too. I mean, Seattle's got a window actually because of all the young talent they have. Well, and and then um, the resurgent the the, res, the re, how they resuscitated the career of Geno Smith. Like that's a rare story Goff. too. And Jared Goff. Yeah, they both of them are built around those kind of stories. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird how that happens. Who were seen to be bridge quarterbacks, and all of a sudden, wait a second, they're out playing it. the bridge. <laughs> Uh, they're playing really well. Uh, meanwhile, the Cowboys face uh, this 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 juggernaut in San Francisco this weekend. Can't wait to start drilling down on that game this week. In addition to Texas and Oklahoma and the college football weekend, because um, we know Brock Purdy's an incredible story. He's never lost a start in a game in which he started and finished in his NFL career, which is incredible. But uh, Christian McCaffrey is off to an MVP season. I mean, this guy is having a huge year. Had a four touchdown performance this past weekend in their win. Uh, ever since they've acquired him last October from the Carolina Panthers, they've damn near been unbeatable. If they can keep a quarterback, a quarterback, upright and healthy in a game, they haven't lost since yeah. acquiring Christian McCaffrey. Uh, that, and as you said, your your good friend Kyle Shanahan, who you played with at Texas, uh, that was the missing piece yep. to really finish off what this offense is with weapons everywhere, a point guard, quarterback to manage it, great lines of scrimmage, and McCaffrey's just a different animal. Yeah, I mean, for, you know, for Shano and his vision, he was the last piece. And it's, you know, it's been tough, honestly, for him to build it the way he wants to. He was given the freedom to do it with San Fran. And fortunately, even though they probably had some they had really bad injury luck, and knock on wood, by the way, yeah. that's my big concern with Christian McCaffrey. His load and his uh, target rate and his, uh, you know, the amount of rushes and rush attempts that he's given the 49ers, it's a lot. His usage rate is really high. I do wonder if they need to try to use some of those other running backs at one point, too, because Christian McCaffrey, I don't know when the last time he's made it through an entire 17-game season or a 16-game season. So anyway, but because the 49ers have had really bad injury luck, that's really what's kept them from winning the Super Bowl. So far. Uh, But Christian McCaffrey was the last positionless football piece. He built this thing around the best positionless football players on offense in the NFL. Devo Samuel, wide receiver, slash running back. Christian McCaffrey, running back, slash wide receiver. Kittle can play tight end, H-back, can play fullback. Your your fullback, juice check, can play fullback, play H-back, play tailback. Put him in a slot. You can put Kittle in a slot. You can put those guys out wide. So he's got four movable chess pieces, and he loves to just have them all out there at the same time, essentially having a like a Rubik's Cube worth of different combinations and iterations that he can throw at you. And you're like, well, I, you know, you got to have you got to have really uh, skilled deep defenders because you never know when they're going to end up in a matchup disadvantage. Because of, oh, Christian McCaffrey ended up on this linebacker. That's why Dan Quinn's defense actually matches up well schematically 
philosophically with Shannon's offense, but I don't think it's a coincidence that they were both in Atlanta cooking this stuff up together. I think they were talking <laughs> about the future of football, and both of them went you know, on different paths, one defense, one offense, about the future of football, and I think we're watching it right now. But the future of football is positionless football, and both of these uh, teams are on the cutting edge of it. They are the pioneers of it uh, on offense and defense, and that's why Dan Quinn's model with the three safeties he's out there, the hybrid that is Michael Parsons, uh, it matches up well. It does. That offense, but, you know, as well as you can. Well, <laughs> and there's one guy who's, you know, on that offense that we'll talk about this week leading up to the Cowboys showdown that they don't, you don't talk about Brandon Ayuk that often, right? The wide receiver. No, no Well, no. I mean, because you're so worried about Debo, you're so worried about Kittle and McCaffrey and... Uh, He's the A.D. Brent. Mitchell of this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Brandon Ayuk. He's like, what? That guy? What? Well, right, against the Cardinals last week, I think he had eight catches for 160 yards. I mean, he's just... He's the, they drafted him as a first round pick, and mm-hmm. they just love his run after catch. And yeah, they're they're the total package. And the only thing that, that feels like you can derail them is, is injuries. And as you just said, this matchup, this chess match, like we got two great chess matches Sunday. Mm-hmm. I mean Saturday and Sunday. And you're a football theorist. You love to dive into these. But you know Steve Sarkeesian versus Brett Venables, and Venables has more pieces to work with on defense. Um, you know Sark talked yesterday at the Monday availability that you know much like he has on offense, where it's just a lot of. He's got a lot of offensive sets and personnel groups, and you know Sark is seen as one of the best in the in the industry and in, in calling plays and designing plays. Brett Venables is the same on the defensive side. Yes, he is. Sark said he's got a lot of defense. He brings yeah. a lot of defense. Well, then then you got Kyle Shanahan and Dan Quinn, mm-hmm. and both have a ton of talent. And how do the Cowboys mm-hmm. try to deploy Micah Parsons? And how do they deal with Christian McCaffrey and you know Deron Bland off the breakout game against the uh, the, uh, the 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 Patriots on Sunday? Um, this is a really, really fun game. I can't wait so, to uh, dive into both. 11 o'clock for Texas OU on Saturday, Cowboys middle of the afternoon on Sunday, and that should be – I don't think that game will look anything like we saw last night, which was uh, no. damn near unwatchable. Yeah, and I, I, yeah exactly. I, and I'll give you – I mean, we got, you know, what the what the facts. What the facts for uh, the end of the hour. But no, we got facts all morning. We're fact-based. We're facts all morning. Um, but, fact-based man, show. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked at how bad the Giants are. I am I am a little shocked at how bad they are. Now Daniel Jones is he he doesn't get a, a lot of criticism lately with Brian Dable there, but man he's kind of gone he's kind of reverted back and regressed back to his old turnover prone self uh, in these early games. Now if you will look at it in his 58 games he's played he's taken four plus sacks in 25 of them. Um, he, he he had his sixth interception of the season. That's tied for the most in the NFL. He's also lost a fumble that uh, in that game. That's seven turnovers in four games. That's on pace for 30. <laughs> now he got paid. He got paid this <laughs> summer. <laughs> he did get paid. I'll give him that. He's got a good agent, and he got paid. And I don't know if they had a choice unless you just want to start over at quarterback. That's right. As a playoff team, I don't know if they want to do that. But here's the ugliest stat about the Giants. Um, they haven't run an offensive play with a lead this season. Yeah, that's right. They beat the Cardinals like at the very end of the game. Wow. 31-28. Uh, yeah, they, they were down 20 to nothing in that game. That's why the Giants, I mean, that media in New York is going to descend on that team because you know, the Jets are, are a cool story in New York, but the Giants are the team of New York, right? Big blue. Oh, no doubt. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. The Jets are just trying to keep up. To, that's little brother. To be that unprepared, you know, to start games all year long, or just that bad. Um, Brian Day was a good coach. We know this. That's uh, why it's weird. Yeah, let me make Well, he's coach of the year last well, year. Going well, nine well, games, one playoff game. And we all said he was doing more with less last year. Uh, or he got figured out and played a last place schedule. One uh, of three. Uh-huh. Uh, Cowboys Niners, by the way, the night game. Sunday night game with Kerry uh, Underwood. It better be. And Al Michaels. Is, oh, man, is Taylor Swift going to be there? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> hey, by the way, we'll do some uh, NFL. <laughs> we got five hours, but um, you know, we'll do our NFL power rankings after a month. 
Um, it lost in all the hype of that game. Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. By the way, Aaron Rodgers kind of putting weight on that Achilles like a month after he had the, the yeah, surgery. Man. That's crazy. He's hype. He's, He's walking around. But uh, Taylor Swift and all the Hollywood star power in the box, whatever that was, the Kelsey stuff. You know, the, we're, we're going to power rank the Chiefs. They just didn't look that good the other night. I know the Jets are good on defense, but, you know, there's been, of their four games, you know, a couple of these, the Chiefs just don't look like that. They I don't know. look great. Patrick Mahomes is winning those games for that team. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They got the best, the, the good fortune of a very questionable call. I agree. A couple of calls late in that game. And really, if you go back and watch the game, Zach Wilson kind of outplayed Pat Mahomes. Not kind of. I gave you the say yesterday. He's the first quarterback to have more completions, yards, and a, a start against Patrick Mahomes. Like he's, it, He did outplay Patrick Mahomes. It was the best game he's ever played. Yeah, and they just couldn't get the ball back. And that's where Patrick Mahomes and maybe the officials helped the Chiefs won the last seven minutes of the game out and never had to give the ball back to New York. But, uh, yeah, that's that's something to watch because, um, you know, we watched Buffalo and Miami this past weekend. and know, Buffalo... Josh Allen's charity kind of gave away that game because if Buffalo had, you know, won that game on Monday night and beat the Jets the night Aaron Rodgers got hurt, they'd be sitting here at four and zero, and I think we'd be talking about them in this upper class because their defense has been outstanding this year. And Josh Allen, they don't. If Josh Allen doesn't turn the ball over, they typically win games. And that's. And but you're right. I mean, you've talked about it. Josh Allen's a turnover prone quarterback. Can they get him under control? They're running the ball a little bit more in Buffalo now. Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis. Dalton Kincaid, the rookie. That's another team, and I'm just looking at the hierarchy of the AFC. We know what the NFC is. It's Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Dallas, and then the rest. And in the AFC, we think it's Kansas City, but they're they just haven't looked that powerful yet this year. Long season, long season. But Buffalo looks really good. Miami's really good. Uh, so yeah, just trying you, to figure out that AFC. You described. Um, I think you were talking about Quinn Ewers as a point guard that was yeah. distributing the basketball. The problem with Josh Allen is too often he's been a shooting guard. Yeah. He wanted to become a point guard. That's what he's doing right now. He's doing a lot better job. Of it. Yeah, and his the thing that was most impressive in their win on over Miami was the defense. They gave up two quick touchdowns in that game to that potent Dolphins offense, and then didn't allow him in the end zone again. Mm-hmm. Really impressive performance and against Tua in that that offense. So. Uh, really excited to watch that evolve over the course of the year. We're just a month in. Still have three months of NFL football to go, but some big games coming this week. Huge game for the Longhorns. We'll dive behind the burnt orange curtain. Talking Texas and uh, Coach Sark yesterday from his availability. Uh, as Rod mentioned, what the facts before the end of the hour? Can I give you a fact? How about this? Daniel, yeah. Daniel, Daniel Jones has been sacked 22 times already this year. 22 it's times. It's crazy. And he doesn't lead the league, Rod. You know which quarterback has been sacked oh. the most times already? Hold up. Is More it, than Daniel Jones? Is it Justin Fields? No, I'll tell you on the other side. Tell you on the other side. That's called a radio tease. We'll also go behind the burn orange curtain. Uh, We are with you. Five hours. Let's go. Let's talk Texas OU. Coming back on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Tuesday on The Horn, indeed. Texas OU week. And as we promised would happen uh, yesterday, the uh, temperature's dropping already. 
Looks like summer is over, Rod. We know fall is already here as far as the season, but uh, it's going to start to feel a lot more like it. Temperatures today in the low 90s, into the 80s by mm. Thursday, Friday, and into the 70s by Saturday. It's a beautiful thing. Fall is here. Fall football is weather. here, and it's football weather, and it seems to... Uh, it, it took long enough. That also, for you folks who love football but also love live music, it's also the first weekend of ACL Music Fest, which is coming up, so oh, cool man. temp for that as well. Yeah. I almost forget about that. You got two weekends. Texas, you, yeah. every, every year. Two big weekends, and uh, so you got music and football, and they do a good job there. they got the... the Beer pavilion set up where you can go watch the games and get out of the sun typically. And, uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be perfect weather for Texas OU, whatever you're doing. Of course, our watch party will tell you that we're going to be, if you're not going up to Dallas, we have two things going on. Uh, On Friday afternoon, Rod, uh, if you're going to Dallas, we're going to have you set up. We're going to be posting up and doing some uh, live broadcast in combo with, with you and Patrick here in the studio. Myself and some of the Inside Texas crew and some special guests are going to be at Terry Black's Barbecue up in uh, Dallas on Main Street, right mm-hmm. in downtown Dallas. Uh, Main Street, they have parking. We're going to have a place set up on the outdoor area there, watching, uh, you know, talking, watching baseball because uh, the wild card games will be going on potentially. Uh, or we'll just be talking Texas, Oklahoma. So that'll be uh, Terry Black's Barbecue from about 3 in the afternoon till about 7 when we go to high school football in the Vandergrift Vipers. But uh, that's all afternoon. And that Terry Black's Barbecue broadcast brought to you by our friends at One Source Gas, your uh, local source for all compressed gas needs. You can find them online at onesourcegasatx.com. But Richard and his team helping us get up there and back. And then on Saturday, Rod, we're going to be local. We'll do our pregame show here on Saturday morning. And then so when you're driving up, if you're doing the, the morning of, Drive up to Texas OU. Oh, yeah. Lock it in here on the Horn and the Horn app. And then uh, our our watch party is in a perfect location on a beautiful Saturday out at uh, the Field House at the Crossover. Oh, I love that spot. In Cedar Park. Bring your lawn chairs. Get a picnic table. Last time we did it was the Alabama game, and it was a huge crowd, but it was hot. I mean, it was obviously still in the hundreds. Uh, not this week. This week is a week to be want to be outside with mm-hmm. the huge theater screen and uh, watching the game with all your fellow Longhorns. If you can't be in Dallas... At Fair Park, you can be at the Field House at the Crossover in Cedar Park because that's going to be an awesome place to watch the game with us. So we've got you covered. Just want you to know on a Tuesday, Terry Black's Barbecue in downtown Dallas on Friday afternoon for the uh, the, the round table, and then Saturday out at the Field House at the Crossover, all here on the Horn. Then Sunday night, we'll all sit back and watch the Cowboys play the 49ers. Can I answer the question, quarterback sacked most so far this year, Rod? Give me that because I can't believe it's not. Daniel Jones. Daniel Wasn't Jones. He sacked like 11 times in that last game? night, yeah. <laughs> Which got into 22 for the season. Yeah, so I guess that's not that bad. But it is bad. But it's just bad. The leading, 11 in one game. The quarterback who's yeah. been sacked the most through four games plays football in Washington. He is Sam Howell. He has been sacked wow. 24 times. 24 times already through four games. That's not a good number. That is crazy. You mentioned uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields has been sacked 17 times. Oh, not as bad as I thought. I thought he'd easily be in the 20s, but he can run. So can Daniel Jones, though. Yeah. Jones can run, too. And we, I think we're, life, we're all sitting here amazed at uh, the start of Houston Texans rookie C.J. Stroud because he has over 1,200 yards passing now. He's only been sacked 11 times, and he hasn't turned the football over. He's got, our, our guy, our, C.J. Stroud has a quarterback rating of 100.6 in his first four NFL games behind an offensive line that features one starter. No, just say it's the worst O-line in the NFL for the first four games. That's that's an easy way to say it because it has been. He's it's playing. The, yeah, it's the worst O-line in the NFL, and he's playing at a high level at a, as a rookie. Yeah, and he's. With a, well, with a rookie head coach. And a rookie, rookie offensive coordinator. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> and I think that's why, again, Texans fans are smiling because of it. Then you watch Daniel Jones, who's in, what, year five? And Ryan Dayball and that team last night. What a mess. 
I mean, what a wreck that was. There's bad offensive lines, and then there's that. That was not good. Hey, let's get back to Texas football. It's Texas OU for the 119th time. Let's go behind the burnt orange curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. Time to get into some Texas OU discussion. I think one of the... Um, one of the most common questions that I've been asked via the text line, um, hell, via Twitter, at on Texas Football, the YouTube uh, channel uh, that we work with with Bobby Burton and my man Jerry Hamilton, I've gotten this question probably more than any other question, and it's it's easily the probably the biggest concern going into this game for Longhorn fans, and it's part of my biggest concern going into this game, this matchup versus Oklahoma, the deep ball, and Texas hasn't been terrible at defending the deep ball, it's just one of the only things that they've they've given up. <laughs> right? It's, yeah, so they've I think, been so good at everything else. They've been so good. So I think it, for, for low one fans, I think with being a little a little selective, all right, in the you know, in their anxiety, right? Um, because it it's not that bad, but it is one of the only things that they've been susceptible to. Um and I went according to Pro Football and we're talking about passes, deep passes, twenty yards or more down the field. Um Seven of twenty-one is not bad. I mean, that's a, you're allowing a third of your deep passes to be completed. Uh, like I said, that's not a, a bad number overall for Texas, in my opinion. But uh, certain teams like Alabama, uh, they've been more successful with the deep ball than others. Uh, four of seven for Jalen Murrow, who had a really nice deep ball. That was actually you can maybe make the argument the best part of his skill set as a passer was his deep ball. It was beautiful. It was pretty, uh, and it was accurate too. Um, dropped in the right place. Ball placement was great on his deep ball, and he completed a, a couple of them versus Texas, who was four of seven on those deep balls. Sawyer Robinson, who was not a very good quarterback, and I'm being kind, he was below average. <laughs> um, he, it, one of his best traits as a passer was a deep ball. Remember, they went into that game against Texas, leading the Big 12 uh, in deep ball targets and in dot average depth of target. And they threw uh, seven deep balls against Texas, just like Alabama. Only completed two of them, though. But they were big plays. Um, so Longhorn fans remember that. And, of course, in the Kansas game, Kansas, Jason Bean, you know, struggled to, to, to uh, really get any effective passing game going versus Texas. But he completed one deep pass that ended up being a touchdown, uh, that 58-yard touchdown against Texas. So Longhorn fans are concerned about that. And it, I will say the – um, the the points of exploitation, the, the the places they are pinpointing um, where they're trying to uh, attack Texas, are pretty much the safeties and ride watts. Like that's what that's what teams are going after when they throw it deep. It's always been some combination of the safeties or them targeting Ryan watts in coverage. Uh, Oklahoma, that is one of Dylan Gabriel's strengths. He is they all, they have an old saying about quarterbacks that every quarterback from a long distance should be able to hit a house. Um, some quarterbacks uh, are even good enough where they can hit the door. Um, uh, some quarterbacks are so good they can even hit the knob. Uh, Dylan Gabriel's got that kind of accuracy. Knob, <laughs> hit the knob type accuracy. He really can, he, and, and even on his deep balls. And this is the first real good quarterback Texas has faced. They haven't faced a good quarterback yet. The defense has been playing at a really high level, close to elite level, but they haven't faced a really good quarterback yet. So that's the big test. Not only is he a good quarterback, but his deep ball is pretty damn impressive. He's completing right now close to 60% of his deep balls. Like, that's a really high number. He's, a, he's uh, above 
Well, and I think that's one of the big storylines, right? It's yeah. Texas facing a, a really good quarterback for the first time. And let's be fair, Oklahoma's facing a really good team for the first time. Yes. No, no uh, doubt. So it's, it's both. It yeah. is both. That, that, that's the two. Because, look, Texas, we don't know what Texas' defense will look like against uh, a high-end quarterback who's played a lot of college football. You know, Jalen Milrow, probably the most talented quarterback they face. But at the same time, he's young in his career. This this Dylan Gabriel's in his sixth year. But mm-hmm. I looked up the rankings, right? If you go 1 to 133 in D1 football teams, uh, highest-ranked team that Oklahoma's played is SMU, and they're ranked 51st. Currently, 51st. That's the highest-ranked team they've played. Uh, so uh, Texas has played three teams ranked higher than that, obviously, in Alabama, Kansas, and Wyoming. All three of those teams are 4-1. and one. So Texas is more battle-tested as a team, but you're right. The Longhorns' defense has not faced a quarterback the quality of Dylan Gabriel. And uh, his, uh, he's got three touchdowns via the deep ball so far this year, um, and he heated up against Iowa State. Iowa State was 4-7, 183 yards and two touchdowns on deep passes against Iowa State. So he's actually starting to trend in the right way. So it is something that Longhorn fans should be concerned about. It's a valid concern. I think there will be, since he is such an accurate deep ball passer and they are so good at it and they throw it so frequently, I do think PK will put in uh, fail-safes, if you will, built in within the structure of the defense and the coverages to try to insulate Texas uh, from those those deep ball attacks. And they're going to come under in that Texas-Oklahoma game. And I think it will happen early. If you're Oklahoma, why wait? <laughs> Don't wait till you're out of the game because you got to do it early because with Sark scripts, you may be out of the game early. All right? If your defense is not, is not ready to play. So I think you'll see it early from Oklahoma. And, yep, they're going to target the safeties, and they're going to target Ryan Watts. Now, Ryan Watts dealt with an injury. I don't know what the update was on that yesterday, but uh, he's day to day. Okay, Clark um, said he'd know better on Thursday. Okay, and I will say this though: I do think Malik Muhammad has is a na- better natural cover guy than Ryan Watts, and he's yeah, he's got better technique at the line of scrimmage in terms of his bump and run coverage than Ryan Watts, but he doesn't have experience. And in that game, you go after young guys who don't have experience in the Texas OU game. You just get, sure they're ready for it. <laughs> See, yeah, they're ready for Stark it. Stark said that yesterday that in this game, young guys kind of ride emotion. The they experienced do. players ride their execution. Oh yeah, young guys ready to hyperventilate by, <laughs> yeah. by the kickoff, and it's like, bro, calm down. But I know because I was that young guy, and you're just overwhelmed by the magnitude of it, and, it's, and now the pageantry and the fans being split, and it's it is it could be emotionally a little taxing on young guys. That's why I say if you had experience in the game, it does. It, it gives you that that perspective where you know, no, this is a long game. I can't be that hype. Yes, I can play with emotional, but I can't play emotional, right? This really, this game really tests that theory. Yeah. Like, don't don't let the emotion overwhelm you. Don't let it overtake you. And that's why I would go after. If there's a Malik Muhammad out there early on in this game, yeah. oh man, you got to go after him. And that's what they're gonna do. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why you'd like to have your veteran guys early and then maybe bring some young guys yeah, in once they calm down a little yeah, bit. I yeah. totally agree with that. But uh, that, that's something to watch. What I would also do if I was PK, I'm not really concerned with Oklahoma's running game. It doesn't scare me. No, Marcus Major's their best me. running back, and he's a pretty good player. He's a good player. Especially the way Texas has stopped the run. You mentioned you know, Longhorn fans being selective. If you take away those two explosives Kansas had, they gained 140 yards the rest of the game. And exactly. Texas had 40 yards. Of, and they're not running the option. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> well, look, I, not. I mean, the, the, the Kansas game was a great blueprint for what Texas would want on Saturday, right? They controlled the ball for almost 40 minutes. They ran the ball with Jonathan Brooks. They were balanced offense to, on offense. And then the only thing they would want to replace is you may give up a couple explosive plays, but if you only have to face 50 plays as a defense and your offense controls the ball, 
you got to make your field goals. I mean, Bert Auburn's got to knock those field goals through, and that score is even wider for Texas. That's the the recipe the the uh, uh, to beat this team. I did mention the best team that they've played is SMU. By the way, that SMU game, SMU's a three and two team. And they're actually better than you think. They're ranked 51st in the country. That game was 14 to 11 in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. at Norman. So, and we know Texas has had some close games, but I think without a doubt, Texas has played a far superior schedule to this point. So they are more tested and battle tested. Uh, SMU being the best team that they've played to this point, and they beat them 28 uh, 11. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. That's, I'm not, and we'll, that's, a, that's a thought experiment that I want to get into mm-hmm. uh, for either Rosh Rand or next burn, behind the burn curtain about this very topic that we're discussing about how Texas is more battle tested than Oklahoma. Uh, but just real quick to wrap up the discussion about the deep ball, um, I'm not afraid of the run game for Oklahoma. They're averaging less than four yards per attempt as a team. Um, and they're rushing offense. They run the ball, but they're not a dynamic running team. I, I think Texas, I would play with a lighter box, and I would have my safeties high to start. I'd start with my two high shells, and if they start gashing you in the running game, make the adjustment like you did in the Kansas game. Remember, I told you in the Kansas game, early on in the first half, they're playing a lot of two deep safeties, two high safeties, pretty much to prevent themselves from getting beat over the top, that shell coverage. Um, and then in the second half, to adjust to the option, which was beating Texas and gashing Texas, they just brought an extra guy in the box, and he played more single high safeties. Uh, I think against Oklahoma, you start with the two high. Just because you only got six guys in the box with a light box doesn't mean you only have six guys in the run fit. You play more guys, more guys like Jalen Catalan who can – uh, project themselves like a missile, right? From 12 yards deep and still be a force in the running game as an alley cat. That's a guy that probably plays more in this Oklahoma game than he's played. You tighten the rotations at safeties. That way, the guys that they're getting picked on, like uh, Taft and like Keaton Crawford, they don't get as many snaps. Uh, those are the guys being picked on. Jerry Thompson gets picked on too, but um, he's a vet, and you know you got to deal with some of that stuff and some of the at matchup disadvantages potentially. But I think you you tighten the rotation at safeties. That'll help you in uh, defend the deep ball. And personnel wise, like you said, you can put some of the younger guys out there, like you said, maybe rotational uh, later in the game as their emotions subside just a little bit and they can focus a little bit more. All right, Texas and Oklahoma all week long uh, behind the BOC. Also, Rod's rant coming up. We will do that thought experience. Also, some what the facts coming up. Uh, facts from around the sports world that you need to know on this Tuesday morning as you get up and out. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. Aaron Hogan. He's got to keep living, man. Rod Davis. L-I-V-I-N. E-Rod B. On the horn. Tuesday on the horn time for what the facts. Just the facts, including four Major League Baseball games starting today. Wild card. Best two out of three series to move to the divisional round, and that will feature the Texas Rangers in Tampa. Texas tumbled into this wild card spot. They seemingly had the uh, division locked up to start last week, but went three and four, dropped three out of four in Seattle, and uh, couldn't close it. And so they have to play today. Uh, they'll be at Tampa. Quick turnaround. They had to come back from Seattle, where they lost that game Sunday, one to nothing, and uh, quick trip over to Tampa, where they'll play at two o'clock today, one o'clock Eastern time. Uh, they have Jordan Montgomery on the mound. That's a fact. He's been their best pitcher of late. Uh, that's a good one. The left-hander they acquired from the St. Louis Cardinals at the trade deadline. He'll face Tyler Glass now, the hard-throwing right-hander. Uh, here's another fact, Rod. The Rangers are 0-3 against the uh, Rays, their last three matchups. Well, look, Rays are a 99-win team. They're the four-seed, but they have the uh, second-best record in the American League. They're the four-seed by virtue of the fact that they 
you know, they didn't win the division. Uh, division winners get the top three seeds, so it's based on record. So the Orioles, Astros, and Twins are your top three seeds, but the um, Rays are the highest ranked, uh, the highest seeded non-division winner. And they're a good ball club. They'll play in Tampa, so that's today, 2 o'clock. We'll see if the Rangers can bring those bats, bring that lumber, and get after a guy who throws really hard in Glasnow but can also be wild at times. And uh, mm-hmm. put, put it runners on base. Montgomery has been outstanding. The Montgomery had the start the other night against Seattle where they should have won that game that's won, uh, that they blew in the ninth inning. And that Ranger bullpen has been a struggle all year. But uh, Jordan Montgomery for the Rangers today. It's part of a four-game day. Oh, man. Quadruple header. If you love mm-hmm. baseball, today's your day. Oh, it's beautiful. And it's playoff baseball. This is a sports gasm kind of week. you got great games, uh, college football, NFL. And you got Major League Baseball. Playoffs. 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 It's a beautiful thing. Hey, well, look, I know a lot of people who don't, who can't do the 162-game marathon, but now it's a sprint. Oh, yeah. You know, it goes from no, marathon to survive, mm-hmm. and now it's a sprint. And you know, if you're a team like the Rangers, you were feeling great about yourself three days ago. Now, two bad days and your season's over, right? And that's kind of where you're at right Make now. Sure you are, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's all in now. Now it's, um, and you got to go find a win in Tampa and see if you can uh, advance into the divisional round. But that's, that's how big the Astros' five and one week that they went down their final six games, sweep in Arizona to give them the week off. And Championship they DNA. It showed up when it needed to. Sure I, didn't, did. I didn't think it was going to. I'm not even an Astros yeah, fan. I, I was doubting it. <laughs> I was like, I guess they're ready, to, you know, they're ready to hang it up. Nope, the Astros found a way to get it done. All right, I got to what the facts for you. Remember I gave you that other fact earlier there uh, that the Giants hadn't run an offensive play with a lead this season. Ugh. They were one of two teams that haven't run an offensive play with a lead this season. The other... The Jets, the Jets, and the Giants. One, oh, that stadium. They the well Jets just, and the Giants. What's going on in there in New Jersey? They, oh, they have run a run a snap with they lead. Yeah, that's brutal. That's ESPN stats and info. So, go well, that's right. Because the Jets, when they win, they had the walk off win on the punt return wow. in overtime over Buffalo. Yeah, that's uh, oh, that's brutal. And the Giants, of course, had a walk off win over the Cardinals in that big comeback. Um, yeah, Giant Bill Giants have just been. What, what, I, I need to look up what they've been outscored in the first half of games. It's got to be. Oh, I got that. You have oh, that you number? You got a stat, because I had that somewhere. It's like actually. 100 to nothing. It was. I had a, a first half stat about the Giants. I'll find it here. Well, here's a fact. According to front office sports, Michael Jordan, you know the GOAT? Oh, how, much is, him? He, how much is he worth now? After selling the Charlotte Hornets and collecting his his uh, his ransom, Michael, George, <laughs> Michael Jordan's net worth has reached an estimated $3 billion. Ooh. Personal net worth of $3 billion. That's nice. I like that. Here we go, MJ. Good mm, work. Three billion. And you know this is where Tom Brady is trying to follow in the goat's oh, yeah. footsteps because he wants an ownership so of the uh, Vegas Raiders. Oh yeah, he'll be. There. How many former athletes are billionaires now? Ooh, that's former. a good question. Because in LeBron, did LeBron hit a billion? I think he did. I think he did. I'm sure it's one of those. So- I'm sure a couple of soccer players are close, if not already there. I mean, Messi's got after this deal with the Apple Plus revenue sharing and all that. I guarantee you, Messi will be close pretty soon. In that billion-dollar category. We'll do some research on that. But it's not a lot of athletes hit the billion-dollar category. No. It's, a, it's, a, it's hard to do it in sports as an athlete, and it's hard to do it in music as an artist. That's right. And there are a couple that have done it in music as artists and as athletes, and I think it's remarkable because you really got to have vision early on to be able to do that. Um, I'm sure, like, Paul McCartney's probably close, something like that. Like you, and, you know, Michael Jackson's probably in that category. But uh, Kanye did it, Jay-Z 
Like that's that's pretty amazing. Dr. Dre, with Dr. The Dr. Dre did. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because you got to diversify. Once you get to brand recognition, you got to diversify into all these other you know areas right, and, of wealth. And Jordan, of course, made money playing basketball, but he also had the Nike, <laughs> yeah. the Nike revenue share. Then he exactly because once the you, revenue share is the key. Yeah, when you go to become in the ownership stake, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's rich and then there's owners. There's right? Rich and there's wealth. Yeah, there's rich and there's wealthy. And yeah. That's where Michael is, and now he's you know bought and sold the. Uh, Charlotte organization for a big get, big win. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, yeah. Good job on our What Good the stuff. Facts. Props to MJ. All right, I got your first half scoring. New York Giants, first half scoring this season. Week one, zero. Week two, zero. Week three, six. Week four, three. I scored, 70, nine. I scored 77 to nine in the first half. That ain't good. I know. They have, uh, yeah, there you go. That's crazy. That ain't, that ain't good. They have led for a total of 19 seconds this season. <laughs> I didn't make that up. That's real. <laughs> I'll give you a stat, and uh, I know everybody's That's concerned crazy. because uh, preseason, one of the favorites in the SC were the Cincinnati Bengals. I picked him in the win of the division. Joe so Burrow is I'll the first quarterback in NFL history to attempt at least 150 passes no. in his team's first four games and average fewer than five yards per attempt on those passes. It's scary. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a conundrum in, in Cincinnati because he's not healthy. He can't push no. the ball down the field. He doesn't want to pop that calf. And be out, but at the same time, he's ineffective because he can't move. Can't move. And he can't be explosive to throw in the football. He's, he's 34th in pass rating. Yeah. He's 34th in yards per attempt and 34th in pass rating. Are you hurt or injured? You're injured. you, you, you got to be out. Yeah, I know you just signed a big deal and you feel bad about signing the big deal, taking all the money, Look. and then sitting out. Sit out. You're yeah. good, man. Because yeah. we can tell this is not the same Joe Burrow that... We've all watched. Well, and, and look, go back to even his LSU days. What makes him special? His ability to ad lib, buy mm-hmm. time, move in the pocket. Take something and make it, you know, take nothing and make it something. Yeah, man. And he can't do that back there. He's just, and then he can't really drive the ball down the field. You can just almost watch him being hesitant. He -hmm. doesn't want to step into a throw. And his receivers are now starting to get a little frustrated. Well, of course. You're Jamar. Everything's uh, dink and dunk. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you're Johnny Dump Off. Uh, Johnny Checkdown. Johnny oh, Checkdown, yeah. yeah. Johnny Checkdown. And Jamar Chase doesn't play Johnny Checkdown. He no, wants deep balls. He wants deep balls. Chicks dig the long ball, and so does he. He said on uh, after the game against Tennessee, he's like, uh, oh, I'm open. I'm always effing I'm open. open. I'm always effing open. So, yeah. You know what? Every receiver thinks they're always effing open. Even when they're double covered, they're like, I'm open. <laughs> Look at I'm this. open. Is Paul McCartney worth 1.2 bill. Yeah. I think that, there are a few artists that have done it. it it's, you think it's Michael Jordan ever thought Reece. he'd be worth more than Paul McCartney? Good by question. double, That's triple, by triple. Rihanna, I think, has approached it too. She's like hovering around she's there. Got that she's got like line. a yeah, she's got like a lingerie line or something All like right. that. There's some facts. We'll have more to come. Plus, Rod's got a rant. We're talking Texas OU. It's that week, right? You know what it is, Rod? It's hate week. Damn right. And it is uh, 6:58. And OU still sucks. <laughs> 